The Productive Woman, Episode 237. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you for joining me. In this episode, we'll be talking about six essential tools that you need to make good use of to be productive. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 237. This episode is brought to you by Blinkist and Gusto. Gusto offers modern, easy payroll benefits and HR to small businesses across the country. They were even named Best Online Payroll by PC Magazine. As a listener, you'll get three months free when you run your first payroll. So sign up and give it a try at gusto.com TPW. That's gusto, G-U-S-T-O dot com slash TPW. And I'll talk a little bit more about gusto later in the show. I want to talk right now about Blinkist. In today's age, it can be hard to find the time to sit down and learn more. It's not easy when the likes of social media can be so addictive and time consuming. So you may think you don't have time to read a book or to develop yourself in that way. Well, there's an app that I highly recommend that can help with that. And it's called Blinkist. Blinkist is the only app that I know of that takes the best key takeaways, the the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down to just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of the books quickly without reading the entire book. And with an audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish four books a day while you're on the go. 8 million people are using Blinkist right now. It has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health to history books. I like Blinkist because in less than 15 minutes, I feel like I can learn something new and get a flavor for a book and decide whether I want to invest the time to read the whole thing. And the nice thing is, if you decide the book is of interest to you, you can buy it right from the Blink page or send the selections to your Kindle. Uh, I like that you can link Blinkist to Evernote so I can highlight things within the what they call the blinks, the little uh, key points, and save those highlights directly to Evernote. So I'm gathering a great collection of quotes that are meaningful to me. And I've read and listened to several books that I highly recommend you check out. The first one I read was a book called How to Talk to Anyone by a person named, I think it's Leo Lowndes. It's a great book for introverts with tips on how to enter a party or a meeting and connect with people. So it was helpful for me. I've also enjoyed Becoming, Michelle Obama's new book, and Getting Things Done by David Allen, a book that I've read many times, but I really enjoyed Uh, reading the blink on that book and kind of refreshing myself on the key points. Well, right now for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for the Productive Woman listeners. So go to Blinkist.com slash TPW to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, and it's spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash TPW to start your free seven-day trial. So Blinkist.com slash TPW. 
TPW. Uh, give that a try and let me know what you think. All right, so getting into our main topic for this episode, uh, I, I want to talk about productivity tools, The what I think are some essentials. I thought it's interesting that when you Google productivity tools, most of what comes up are lists of apps, articles that are reviewing apps and saying what they think are the essential apps. And I love me some apps. I use them all the time. I'm a, a kind of a tech geek and I use my phone, my iPhone, my iPad and things like that uh, in lots of ways to be more productive. But there's more to being productive than just choosing apps. So I wanted to share six tools that I think are essential to being productive. Three of them I would categorize as productive or practical tools, and three more general tools that are expanding the concept of what I think of as a productivity tool. So here we go. The first tool that I think everybody needs in order to be productive, we're talking about productivity in the sense both of getting the things done that matter most to you, but also living a meaningfully productive life, a life that matters. And the first tool is a calendar. I think everybody needs to use some sort of calendar to manage their time specific commitments. I think it's essential because it helps you avoid missed appointments, missed meetings, missed commitments that are important to you. And it adds to your awareness to make the best use of your time. You need to know how you're using it, when and how you have committed your time. A well-used calendar gives you a visual depiction of where your time is going. And it also gives you a record of how you've spent your time, which can be useful when you feel like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. If you can look back over your calendar, you get a pretty good image of what's important to you and where you've been spending your time. So how can you make a calendar work best for you? Number one is to always use it. Every day and time specific appointment goes on your calendar. Don't try to keep any of it in your head. That's how we forget that we were supposed to meet so-and-so for coffee or that we were supposed to t attend this meeting or our, you know, our dental appointment or our kids' dental appointments. Everything that involves a, a specific day and time and that you have to be a part of in some way, even if you're just chauffeuring a kid to it, it all should go into your calendar. For uh, Similarly, for actions that you decide to take on important goals, use your calendar for that as well. Uh, when, when you are pursuing a goal, when you've got something you want to accomplish to make sure you're taking action, you need to first decide what that action is going to be and then decide exactly when and where am I going to take this action? So when you have decided to take an action on one of your important goals, schedule an appointment with yourself to do it. And then as a side note, keep that appointment. You need to honor the promises you make to yourself, just as you would honor a promise made to somebody else. So put it on the calendar at a specific day and time. I am going to work on this element of this goal that I'm pursuing and keep that commitment when you've made it. 
Another way to make your calendar work for you is to record relevant information in the calendar entry itself. So if it's an appointment where you're going somewhere, put the address of where you're going, who you're meeting with, and perhaps their phone number. So it's right there if you're uh, unavoidably detained and you're going to be late or you need to reschedule. Everything you need to know for that meeting is right there in the calendar. So for instance, when I am uh, scheduling a phone conference for part of my law practice, I do lots of telephone conferences with clients, with the attorneys on the other side of a deal, uh, with my colleagues for different things. And when I schedule a phone conference about a particular thing. I don't just write phone conference in my calendar, but I'll say phone conference with Susan to discuss topic, you know, whatever the topic is. And if it's a phone conference, I'll include the dial-in number, or I'll say, Laura will call Susan at and I'll put her phone number in there. All the relevant information goes into the calendar entry so that it's there, it's available at the time when I need to make the call. I don't have to go looking for it. And for business calls, for instance, if we're discussing a particular document, I'll actually attach a copy of that document to the digital calendar entry. So it's right there when I'm ready to make the call. So make your calendar work for you by having all the relevant information right there in the entry. uh, So you don't have to go looking for it. If you use a digital calendar, set alarms or alerts ahead of time for your appointments. Most digital calendars allow you to set default alert times for various kinds of appointments. So in my digital calendar, I think the defaults are 15 minutes ahead of time for most appointments, a couple days for all day things like, um, you know, a, a conference or something. And a week ahead of time for birthdays or anniversaries, that allows me time to, you know, get a card and mail it or something like that. The idea of having these alerts, uh, the alarm set is it makes sure you don't miss it, but it also allows you time to prepare. So think about how much time you need to prepare in choosing your default alert times. And you can adjust those, uh, although, for instance, in my calendar, the default alert for a regular appointment is 15 minutes. If I know I need some extra time to prepare for that particular meeting or conference call, I I will adjust the alert or the alarm to maybe 30 minutes before the call to allow me time to gather my materials, gather my thoughts and be prepared for that meeting. So use the, the features of your calendar to help you be better prepared. Another thing you can do is color code your calendar entries. I think this is really valuable if you want to see how you're allocating your time amongst your your various priorities. You can assign a color to each and use that for your entries. It's very easy to do with digital like Google Calendar and iCal and the different digital calendars allow you to uh, assign colors to different types of things. Uh, But it can also work with paper. Use colored pen 
pens to write your or pencils to write your calendar entries or highlight them based on what category, if it's personal, if it's family, if it's business, if it's self-care. At a glance, if you use this color coding approach, you can see if you filled your calendar with work commitments, for instance, and made no time for family or friends or your personal projects or your self-care. So it's a really good way to get a visual look. Even if you don't do that all the time, it's a good exercise to do periodically for a week or a month to color code your entries so you can see at a glance how you're allocating your time and whether you're giving sufficient time to the things that are important to you. Another way to use your calendar is to be sure to leave white space between entries. Don't schedule things, if you can at all avoid it, back to back with no downtime in between. We all need white space in our calendars, uh, just time to breathe and, and think and prepare. But the other thing is, if you schedule things back to back to back, that you've left no wiggle room for unexpected delays, for a meeting that runs long, for traffic that gets in the way uh, of you getting from one place to another. So be strategic about how you schedule your time and how you put entries into your calendar. And the other thing you can do to make your calendar work for you is consider shared calendars. They can be very, very useful. So at work, maybe sharing with your assistant or your colleague that you work with a lot. Uh, personal calendars shared with your spouse can be very useful. So Mike and I both use iPhones and we use iCal for uh, all our appointments and stuff. And I can see his, he can see mine. And it, that can be important if you're one of you is trying to schedule a particular event that involves both of you or, you know, anything like that. So consider using shared calendars uh, as a way to make your calendar really work for you. Either way, calendars are an essential tool for managing your time, managing your attention and your energy and being more productive. And there are lots of options for calendars. It, there's not one right or wrong one. They all have different features that uh, may be useful to you, may be valuable, may work for you, depending on your situation. You can use paper calendars. I think ha having a big calendar on the wall can be a great option if you spend most of your time at a single primary location. Uh, so when I, back in the day, before I went to law school, when I was home pretty much full time with my kids, we just had a calendar that hung on the refrigerator and I always tried to choose one with pretty big blocks for each day so that we could put all our appointments on that and anybody could see it at any time. And everybody knew if it was, if it wasn't on the calendar, it wasn't going to happen. If I, if a kid needed me to give them a ride somewhere, they better make sure that it was on the calendar. And so that's a great option for, for you if you are most of the time at a single location. Uh, another paper option is a pocket or purse size one. And these are great if you're mobile because you can always pull it out when needed. Um, and there are tons of options for paper planners that include a calendar with different views, month at a glance or a week or a day, depending on what works for you and how you, how many appointments you have and how you like to look at it. Having a calendar with you, um, it can be a very valuable tool when you are trying to schedule things with other people. 
the person who's got her calendar is going to have a little more say so with the timing of it than somebody who's kind of, well, let me check. Sure, I think that'll work, but I'll check and let you know when I get home. So having a calendar with you is really valuable. If you don't want to use paper, if you like digital, and, and I'm a digital person, there are lots of value uh, uh, ads in having a digital calendar. There are tons of options using Google Calendar, iCal, Outlook, all kinds of third party calendars for your computer and your phone. Uh, I like BusyCal. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's one that I've used for a long time on my computer. I like the look of it. I like the interface of it. Lots of people like Fantastical as a third party calendar app. They like the way it works. Any one of them can work. Digital calendars are are nice because they're easy to share, they're easy to color code, and it's easy to see if you're overfilling your days. It's very easy to set alerts and to create recurring appointments. If you have certain things that you do each week or each month on a certain date, it's very easy to create those recurring calendars. And they sync across your devices. So no matter where you are, you're going to have access to that calendar. But whether you choose paper or digital. It's entirely up to you with whatever you prefer. The point is that use a calendar, use it regularly, use it consistently and make it work for you. That's the first tool that I think is essential that everybody should have. The second sort of practical tool that I think everybody needs to have is some sort of tool for project and task management. I think it's absolutely essential that we have some system in place for keeping track of the things we need to do. And we all have lots of things to do. Having a way to manage all those things makes it easier to make sure nothing gets missed, nothing gets overlooked or forgotten, and that we do things efficiently and effectively. Uh, It is essential to have a project or task management tool because it frees up our minds to focus on taking action. David Allen, who's the author of Getting Things Done, is the one that first introduced me to the idea that trying to keep things in our mind uses up mental energy that can better be spent elsewhere. He talks about this in Getting Things Done. And it's so true, even if we're only trying to remember two or three things, and a lot of us think, oh, I'll remember that I need to do this thing or that thing. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But just the act of trying to keep it in your head is using up focus and energy, mental energy, that can be used better for other things. We are all better at having ideas than at storing them. And so using a task management system gets those things out of your head into a trusted location so your mind can be busy having ideas, creative problem solving, all of that sort of thing. The other value of a project or task management tool is it serves as a record of things that you've accomplished, which will help us overcome that, oh, I haven't gotten anything done misperception. We are not very good at remembering what we've accomplished and and being realistic about those sorts of things. But having a record of it, having that tool where the list where we have can look back and say, oh, I actually did get a lot of things done today. Maybe they weren't the things I planned to do, but I did a lot of things. Having it there um, 
overcomes that misperception that we're not doing anything, but it also gives us a chance to evaluate whether we are doing the things that matter most. So I think it's so important to have a task management tool and we can make it work for us in certain ways. So the first thing is to like the calendar, always use it. Don't try to keep anything in our minds, but but always get it into the system. Find a tool or a system that you like and stick with it. Uh, I encourage you not to expect to find the perfect tool. This is one of those areas where people are always fiddling with different kinds of tools or always thinking, oh, if I tried this other thing, I'd be better at getting stuff done. It's not the tool, it's how you use it that matters. And so find one that looks good, you like the way it looks, you like the way it works and just go with it and stick with it and use it consistently. Start as simple as you can, but get as robust as you need it to be. We've talked a lot about task management in detail in previous episodes, and I'll put links to these, but for instance, in episode 215, we talked about task management 101. In episode 145, we talked about making the most of your to-do list. In episode 130, we talked about what's on your to-do list and the difference between a project and a task. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. Uh, And in episode 65, we talked about how to choose the best task manager. And the spoiler alert, the best task manager is the one that you actually use. So start with something simple. And if that works for you, stick with that. But there are lots of tools out there that can get very robust and allow you to sort things and move things around and defer things and create recurring tasks and all those sorts of things. And if those are a value to you, if you have a lot of different projects going on in the areas of your life, maybe that's going to be a value to you. But start with something simple. Uh, and, and again, just like with calendars, if you like paper, you can start with a simple notepad or a three by five card for that matter, or a notebook that you can carry around with you, a legal pad that sits on your desk. Lots of people love bullet journals and they're a great way for managing tasks in lots of different ways. I'll try to remember to put a link in the show notes to a couple episodes where we've talked about bullet journaling in the past. Uh, That's a, a tool that I use every day. So if you want to use paper, lots of options, lots of planners and different things that you can use for that purpose. On the other hand, if you prefer digital, it has lots of advantages in the sense of syncing among the different uh, devices that you use. Uh, It's easier to move things forward. If you didn't get something done, it just rolls on over to the next day. Digital tools generally allow you to sort tasks and view them in different ways, depending on how you need to see them. Personally, I use OmniFocus as my master project list, my master task manager. Everything goes in there. And as I've said in the past, what I do each day is sort of pull the top three to five things that I want to get done that day. Those go into my bullet journal daily entry. And that's what I focus on in actually getting things done. If I 
blow through all those three to five things that I had on my list and I've got energy and time to do more, then I'll go back to OmniFocus and maybe pull another task or two off to focus on. I've also used Todoist. I like it a lot. I've used Nosby and it's also very good. There are lots of good digital task managers out there. And in some of the previous episodes that I mentioned earlier, we've talked about some of more of those in in more detail. Uh, But the key is to just find one that looks like it has the features you like, you like the way it looks, you like the way it works, and just stick with it and be consistent about using it. All right, so that's number two calendar, a task and project manager. And the third sort of practical essential productivity tool is something for idea and resource management. I think this is essential because we, as I said earlier, are good at having ideas, but not good at remembering them. One writer said that uh, psychologists tell us we can hold from five to nine thoughts in our immediate memory at any given time. And so if you something else comes at you, something's got to go. We think we remember everything, but we don't. Ideas and information come to us at unexpected times, and we can't take action on what we don't remember. So it's important to have a way to capture those things and to manage them. Some ideas also need time to marinate. So capturing even partially formed ideas into a system, a place where we can find them again, can give them time to sort of stew and develop. And maybe we're thinking about doing something and we have a little bit of an idea of what we want to do. And if we capture that and let it sit there while we think some more, and then another idea comes and we put it in there with the first one, And as we start to capture them, they sort of turn into this idea stew that can really become something we can take action on. But if we don't have a place to capture those ideas, those resources, that information that comes in, we can't take action on it if we don't remember it. So we need a tool for capturing and managing ideas and information that comes to us. So once we've chosen a tool, how can we make it work for us? Continuing the theme that we've already talked about, choose that tool, whatever whatever appeals to you, and use it consistently. Always write it down. Have that tool available to you and use it every time you have an idea, every time information comes to you that you think you're going to want to use later, get it into that management tool. And second, develop a habit of reviewing and processing your notes regularly. So you've got a a tool for capturing them, but you need to move them from that short-term capture to longer-term storage in a system that you can access when you need it. So for instance, maybe an idea that you had is actually a task that you need to do. So you move it from the capture system into your task manager. Or if it's a reference material, you move it into a system where you can refer to it, where you can find it. And reviewing your ideas regularly lets you add to them, develop them, and find connections among them because ideas spark ideas. So 
reviewing them gives you a chance to think more deeply about it and make connections between two or three different ideas that you've had and see how they can turn into something you can do something with. And that's the third thing, the way you make your idea and information management tool work for you is to take action. The ideas that matter most are the ones that we implement, the ones we do something about. Well, there are tons of options for a tool to capture ideas as you have them. Lots of people use Evernote for this. Just have a note available that whenever you have an idea, it goes into the same note and you can sort it out later. Dropbox can help with that with that, and with managing information, sort of longer term storage of reference materials. Simple file folders. If you've got space in a file cabinet, just have a place where you drop ideas and maybe you have a folder for different categories and you just, wherever you scribbled the note down, it goes into that folder and you periodically take that folder out and go through it and sort the ideas and, and decide which ones you want to take action on. Apple Notes, Microsoft OneNote, those are two great digital tools for capturing ideas and information, maybe a quote you've heard or things like that. Uh, three by five cards, a simple three by five card or a pocket sized notebook that you keep in your pocket or purse can be a great tool for capturing ideas uh, on the fly when you're out and about. And I would also encourage you to think about a voice memo recorder. Pretty much every smartphone comes with something. And I use that a voice memo recorder, uh, say, if I'm driving or somewhere where I can't write or type, but an idea has come to me and I want to be sure and remember it. And I, I can't think of the name right now of the voice recorder app that I use. But the one I use is set up so that once I let go of the button that I'm holding down to record it, it processes it and emails it to me. So I've got the little recording right there in my email inbox that I can then use, uh, you know, process it later and do something with it. I'll put the link to whatever that app is in the show notes for this episode. So those are the three, what I categorize as kind of practical, um, uh, tangible tools that I think everybody needs in order to be productive, a calendar, a task and project manager, and some sort of tool for capturing ideas and information. Now, there are also three maybe less tangible tools that are essential and important for us to be productive, both in the sense of getting the things done that matter to us and in living a life that matters. And I want to talk about those. The first one is your brain. Our ability to understand and manage our brain and make it work for us rather than against us can be the most important thing we can develop in terms of living a productive life. Without a well-managed, clear-thinking brain, we're simply not able to do anything else. And our ability to think creatively, to solve problems and create solutions, that is uh, uh, what's so unique and, and amazing about human beings. Our brain is that tool that lets us do these things. And so it's so important that we manage it well, that we take care of it. So how do you make your brain work for you? First of all, I think you need to get to know it. We need to learn to be an observer of our own minds. Pay attention to how you think, um, that is your self-talk, where your mind goes when it wanders or when something is challenging or difficult or unexpected happens. Where does your mind go? Where does your thinking go? 
pay attention to that, but and be curious about how you think, but not judgmental. Curious about what you're thinking and why, but not judging it, just paying attention to it. Learn what contributes to clear and creative thinking in you and what interferes with it. One of the things that's so amazing about human beings is that we have the ability to think about our thinking, to evaluate our thoughts, to consider whether they're true and whether they serve us. And so getting to know what's going on in our brain, paying attention to what you're thinking about, what you're saying to yourself about yourself and about the world around you can be so important. And it's kind of the first step to really making your brain as a tool work for you in making a life that matters. Second is learn how to manage it by becoming conscious of what we're thinking and the consequences of those thoughts. What we think about is what creates the reality we live in. How we choose to think creates the world we live in. I heard that years ago and thought it was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. But the older I've gotten, the more I've studied, the more I've thought about this, the more true I think it is. And I've shared in the past some things that I've learned from Brooke Castillo and her podcast, The Life Coach School podcast. She talks about the model and how we can learn to manage our thinking through the model. And the model basically is, and I'll put a link in the show notes, I encourage you to check out this, uh, more in more detail on, and what she says about it on her website. But basically what Brooke says, there are circumstances in our life and those trigger thoughts and thoughts cause our feelings and our feelings motivate our actions and our actions lead to results. And those results then become circumstances that trigger thoughts. And, you know, it kind of is a loop that way. And so, when you become aware of this, we can, you, you can manage your own thinking and you can run it through this model. And she talks about how to do that on the podcast. Another process that uh, I have found valuable in, first of all, becoming conscious of what I'm thinking and then understanding the consequences of the thoughts that I'm having and evaluating, learning to evaluate my thoughts is something called the work that's taught by a woman named Byron Katie. And basically there's a thought that's creating issues in her life or in our life. She encourages us to ask certain questions. And the first question is, is it true? Uh, and if we say, yes, it's true, then the next question is, can you absolutely know that it's true? So, you know, from my perspective as a lawyer, could you prove it in a court of law? Does everybody think it's true? Because if some people don't think it's true, then there's a question to be answered there. So is it true? Can you absolutely know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's true? The third question is, how do you react or what happens when you believe that thought? You know, what results from thinking that thought? And the fourth question is, who would you be without that thought? If you abandon that thought, would it change who you are and how you react in the world? The, so those are a couple of tools that you can learn to use in managing your own thinking. But the concept is to learn to choose thoughts and beliefs that serve you and evaluate your thinking uh, and manage your brain. 
the third thing you can do is invest in your brain and your mind, not just knowledge and skills, but in learning how to manage your thinking and whether that's investing in coaching, in therapy, if we need it, in uplifting content that helps direct our thoughts in more productive directions, investing time, money and energy in, in our brain, in our thinking, in our minds, uh, will reap huge dividends. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a recent episode of Brooke Castillo's podcast, where she talked about how investing in our mind is the best investment we can ever make. And finally, take care of our brain, take care of our mind, do the things we need to, to have healthy, uh, a healthy brain, both physically healthy and Uh, emotionally healthy and all those sorts of things, because our brain is really our most important productivity tool. And we may talk more about that in a later episode. So that was tool number four. Tool number five, and the second of the more sort of global kinds of tools, uh, less tangible, is unencumbered time. I think that is such a key tool for living a productive life, a meaningfully productive life. Uh, And by unencumbered time, I mean time without obligations, time that allows you to think and dream and rest and rejuvenate. Unencumbered time is essential because it allows us time to relax and to rest physically and mentally. And we cannot be our best selves. We cannot make our best contribution, as we talked about in the previous episode, if we are exhausted physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So unencumbered time is necessary in order to get the rest and relaxation we need. It also allows us time to think, which is necessary for gaining perspective and evaluating our options. If all of our time is committed to activity and obligations and commitments, we are not able to get the perspective we need to evaluate our options and really think we're just going to be in a reactive mode. But unencumbered time allows us to be proactive, to be thoughtful and intentional about the things that we're doing. Uh, One writer has said, unstructured free time is is an incredible weapon against stress. And this writer says, when we intentionally schedule unstructured free time on a regular basis, we're much less likely to feel overwhelmed. When that chunk of free time arrives, we suddenly realize this is the time during which I am obligated to do absolutely nothing. So what strikes my fancy? So it is a an antidote to stress. Having every moment encumbered with obligations and commitments and things we're supposed to be doing is a recipe for stress. And we've talked in the past about the physical and psychological impacts of stress in our lives. So unencumbered time is incredibly important for being healthy mentally, physically, and spiritually, and and being able to make intentional, purposeful choices about our life. How can you make unencumbered time work for you, this tool of unencumbered time? Well, first of all, schedule it. Putting it on your calendar and scheduling time to to do nothing, to not to do nothing, but scheduling time when there is nothing you have to do, if you if you get the difference. Scheduling that shows you and 
really anybody else who's paying attention that you think it's important. And it is important for the reasons we've just talked about. Um, so first of all, schedule it. Second, make the most of it. Plan for it. Unplug. Allow yourself leisure. This is not a planned time to do something specific, but time when you're not committed to anything. This is time to just be, just to relax. Now, during that time, what are you going to do with it? You might want to try something new. Maybe go somewhere different for lunch or try an activity you've never done. Uh, writer Julia Cameron, in her book, The Artist's Way, I think is what it's called, she talks about artists' dates. So time when you take yourself away, and this isn't just for you know painters or artists, but any of us, to take yourself away to somewhere that nourishes you, uh, nourishes your creativity, your your and inspires you. Go to a museum or go to a park or go walk through the woods. Get outside. That's a great way to use that unencumbered time to get out in the fresh air and the sunshine. Or maybe on the other hand, you want to take a nap or go to bed early. Uh, most of us don't get enough sleep. So, uh, Sleep can be a great way to use that unencumbered time. Or maybe you want to use that time to pamper yourself in some way. Um, go off and have a massage or whatever, something that makes you feel cared for. But the point is to find that time, make that time. Nobody is going to give us free time. We have to take it. We have to make it happen. We have to be intentional about it. And it is an important productivity tool for all of us to live a meaningfully productive life. And the sixth essential productivity tool that I wanted to talk about is our health. It is essential because we are able to be most productive, both in getting things done and enjoying our life, if we are as healthy as possible. If we are strong in body and mind, we're able to accomplish more because we have more physical and mental energy. And so taking care of our bodies is essential. Uh, and I, I get that some of us have various conditions, chronic conditions or uh, acute conditions that occur that interfere with our health or that impair our health. But what I'm saying is, as much as possible, we need to be as healthy as we are capable of being given the body that we have, because it helps us to do the things we care about and enjoy the life that we have. So how do you make your health work for you? Simply take care of yourself, get adequate sleep, get good nutrition, uh, get sufficient water, get regular medical, dental, and eye appointments. Take care of the body we have. We don't get a new one. We don't get a second shot at it. So take care of it uh, so that it can work for us. And then when we are as healthy as we are capable of being, do the things that matter to us. Do all these other things that we have talked about. Take the action that gets us the results that we want. Use our healthy bodies, our healthy minds to accomplish the things that matter most to us and make a life that matters. So those are the, the tools that I thought of when I was thinking about what are, what are the bottom line, rock bottom essential productivity tools that I think everybody needs to pay attention to. A calendar, a project or task management system or tool, uh, something for idea and, and resource management, our minds, our brain, uh, 
unencumbered time and our health. But what do you think? Do you agree that these are the essential tools? Did I miss any tools that you think are essential? Or do you have recommendations in any of these areas? I would love to hear your thoughts on this. You can share your ideas or your questions in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 237, or post a comment or question on the Productive Woman's Facebook page. I do pay attention there. I do respond to comments there. If you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, uh, you can, uh, we can talk about it there as well. That's a great place. And if you're a woman who listens to this show, and you're not yet a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, please come and join us there. We have such interesting conversations going on there. I love seeing how the women come there with questions and others jump in with support and ideas and encouragement. This is a place where Uh, There's no promotion. There's no, you know, ads or people trying to promote their own interests. This is just a place where we can encourage and support each other, ask questions and offer answers and ideas for each other. So if you're not yet a member and you're a woman who listens to the show, please come and, and visit us there. You can find it in Facebook just by searching the Productive Woman community. I think you can find it that way. Or you can go to the productivewoman.com slash group and that will take you there. You have to ask to be admitted. Please be sure and answer the questions. It'll ask you two or three questions. I need to see answers there. If you don't answer those, and especially if your personal profile is set to private, so I can't see that you're a real person, uh, I'm not going to be able to welcome you into the group if I can't tell that you're a real person, a woman who listens to the show. Unfortunately, guys, I, I... you are welcome to listen to this podcast and to interact on the the Productive Woman Facebook page. But the group right now is just for the women who listen to the show. If you want to share your thoughts on this episode or anything else for that matter with me privately, you as always can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you and I'll be sure and and respond as quickly as I can. Before we go, I want to say a a few words about our sponsor, Gusto. If you have a business or you know someone who does, then you probably already know that small business owners wear a lot of hats. And a lot of what we do is is great. It's fun. But some of it is not so great. Uh, Things like filing taxes and running payroll, not so much fun for most of us. But that's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes things like payroll, taxes, and HR actually easy for small businesses. They offer fast, simple payroll processing, benefits, and expert HR support all in one place. So for instance, Gusto automatically can pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. And they make it easy to add on things like health benefits and even 401ks for your team. Those old school clunky payroll providers just weren't built for the way modern small business works, but Gusto is. So let them wear one of your many hats because you have better things to do. And Productive Woman listeners get three months free when they run their first payroll. So try a demo and see for yourself whether it's a tool that can make your life better at gusto.com slash TPW. That's gusto, spelled G-U-S-T-O, gusto.com slash TPW. 
And also, don't forget that for a limited time, Blinkist is offering, just for listeners of The Productive Woman, a special trial. So go to Blinkist.com slash TPW to start your free seven-day trial. So that's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash TPW to start your free seven-day trial and see how Blinkist can help you get more information and enjoy more books in less time. And thank you so much to Blinkist and Gusto for supporting The Productive Woman. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, thank you. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope you feel like it's worthwhile. I hope you found something in it that is helpful to you. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the things we talked about today. And I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.